Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I've not done it right. Hold on. You're telling us that, right? I'm there here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we've got Mike McCurry, who is right. I'm more, I'm more hangy. I'm more, I'm more, uh, I'm more excited. Hey. <laughs> Good evening, ladies hey, and gentlemen. Give me the balls up of that. <laughs> smooth balls, though. Smooth balls. <laughs> and welcome to um, episode 35, I think it is, 
of the Bears Corner uh, on the Battlefield podcast. What a week! Some chitey bits at the start of the you know Sunday, which we'll get to, um, and then now we're we're into well, we're over at now and we're looking at the next the next game against Kilmarnock, which is which is going to be terrific. Obviously, we had a wee bit there at the start that the entrance and all that's changed and blah de blah, and I fucked it up. Um, and that's just because of the sponsorship that we announced on uh, Twitter today, and I'll get to that a wee bit, a wee bit later on. Um, I see Rangers Radio are already, are already. At- <laughs> Thanks, lad. <laughs> anyway, joining me this evening, Mr. Well, Rangers been calling for consistency. This man is consistent, if none else. Paul sees. How are you doing, mate? I'm consistently poor at everything I do. Yeah, thought, yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. Thanks, thanks for having us on yet again. <laughs> also, we've got Callum back, who is now doing two weeks in a row. He's kind of like, um, who can we say? You know, he's like the, he's like the, the. Who was the boy? Remember the boy who yeah. was always six to ten weeks away. Jordan Rossiter. Jordan Rossiter. Jordan Rossiter. <laughs> he, he's the Jordan, Jordan Rossiter of the pod. Like he's back again. <laughs> How are you doing, Callum? Oh, it's good. See, that's two in a row. That's a, that's a bad. Uh, that's a bad omen. So I have to I have to go away for six to ten weeks after this, mate. Let's see, let's see if you can do what people are finding it very hard to do and get to ten in a row. We've also got Mister Bazbuski um, back from his his jaunts. Um, Baz, how we doing, mate? It's brilliant to have you back. I'm good, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on. I was thinking there when you were saying Callum is like the Jordan Ross, and I'm thinking, oh my God, who am I going to be? I'm going to end up Joey Barton or something like that, or John Eustace or something. <laughs> who am I going to be? But, uh, thanks, thanks very much for having me on, Scott. It's always a pleasure to be here, mate. Good, good, good. And making his second appearance on the pod, our special guest this evening. He's obviously, you know, you get that much feed, good feedback first time around, Mike, that we're back again. It's Mike McCurry. How are we doing? I'm doing very well, gentlemen. Greetings to you, one and all. I'm just thinking, if you're saying this is programme 35, I think the first programme I was on, the first podcast I was on, was number four. So uh, I, I, I thought I'd, I thought I'd maybe offended somebody. And wasn't getting, <laughs> wasn't, and I was I was even more worried last week when you had a real referee, Jeff Winter, on. So yeah. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, Mike, is that we went so long, we haven't... A wee bit of quiet in regards to referees. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I don't know what we're going to talk about tonight. Do you know what I mean? Because there's not really much going on, you know. Uh, a bit quiet night for me, I would guess. <laughs> Before we get to that, policies, Alan McGregor. How can we sum him up? If it wasn't for him, I think we'd have had our first defeat of the season last Sunday. Yeah, I think you're quite right. He was the really the only person that turned up last week, wasn't he? Um, <sighs> Right now he's irreplaceable. I mean, I know we get John McLaughlin on the bench, who is a very, very able deputy, but McGregor's just on a different level. He's, a, I mean, he literally is. He's, he's like, he's like me, and a fine and, and fine wine, you know, mature with age and get better and better. So, and, and Mike as well, obviously. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, so yeah, I, I mean, he is. He's irreplaceable right now. He is on a. He's a different stratosphere. Policies and Alan McGregor both consistent. One's consistent in goals and getting women. The other one's consistently talking shit. Baz, <laughs> I want hackies. <laughs> is there any positives, mate? <laughs> the positive is we didn't get beat. <laughs> oh God, why did you need to ask me that? Uh, 
that that is the positive. However, I think I think one of the positives is that it will maybe light a fire underneath the team's arse a wee bit. I think maybe some of us as fans were, were falling into the trap where we thought we were going to show up and win. And it comes down to that whole entitled thing, you know, we'll just show up and, and win the match. And I'm thinking maybe that poor result is the the spark that this team needs to get this title number 55 over the line. Now, looking at the looking at the match, even Stephen Gerrard took a wee bit of responsibility saying that the, the bench, he'd left a lot of firepower on the bench. However, I thought that there was still plenty of talent in that starting 11 that should have been able to go out there and put away this Hamilton team. Now, one thing I noticed that was lacking, if you look at the beginning of the season when you had uh, Kamara, Jack and Davis as your starting three, Scotty Arfield waited for his turn. As soon as he got his turn, he became undroppable in that team. Now, I expected Zungu to have that same mentality. I kind of expected him to come into the team and really try and, you know, make a stamp. And it, it didn't quite happen. And for me, that was that was disappointing. I was expecting some of these French players going in. This is an opportunity. And it never quite worked out that way. So I think the only positive I can really take out this game is it should light a wee fire underneath the whole team's ass moving forward. Callum, Baz is, is kind of touched there on, on Zungu. And he's writing what he's, <laughs> he's writing what he's saying, right? But Bangani Zungu, I suppose, playing devil's advocate here, right? Because he wasn't great, but playing devil's advocate here. He's been out for so well, he's not been out for so long, but he's been coming off the bench for so long. You drop Davis and well, you don't drop you rest Davis and Jack out of the team. I think Gerard got the well, I don't think we know Gerard got that one wrong. I think we could do one or the other, possibly for time to time. However, if both are fit and ready to go, we need both in the team. Um, is it a wee bit hard on Zungu just to judge him on that game? Uh, I I think there's a bit of give and take. You can say that Stephen Gerrard got it wrong. I think he'll know that he got it wrong. But the thing is, at a club like Rangers and, of course, many other clubs where the competition for places is so high, you know, you, you've just got to take that chance. You're, you're going to get chances few and far between sometimes. And if you are Zungu, you've got to, you've got to take that chance. You've got to see, right... Finally, I've been throwing a bone here. I need to go out there, run my socks off. And I don't think he gave us anything to come away from. I Zungu. I don't think he gave us anything to come away with that and, and <laughs> smile, really. There's nothing, there's no distinct personality brought there from that player that I don't think we can get from anywhere else. Whereas if you're seeing players like Scott Arfield, you know, that you've said already, he does do that when he's when he's not had a run of games. So if, if you're not playing at your top, even if you're not playing very often, then you're you're not going to play. Yeah, I suppose that's the end of the day when you're in a win, when you're coming into a winning team, you've got to hit the ground running, aren't you? If you want to mm. keep your, your place in that team. Mike, as a neutral, how did you view the game on Sunday? I actually thought Stevie Gerrard's comments uh, post-match were absolutely perfect. He gave credit to Hamilton, who were hungry and obviously wanted to go out and get something from it, uh, and they did. Uh, and he, he took some of the blame on himself. Uh, but also uh, the lacklustre uh, uh, sort of play by uh, the squad that he put out there. He uh, didn't sort of just leave them out of it and just take the blame on him uh, on himself. Uh, I think if you're saying what positives would Rangers take out of it, uh, I think Alan McGregor, uh, absolutely. Uh, for a guy 39 years of age or whatever he is, 
to be able to still have that that drive and that commitment to, to win. You saw his reaction just when the final whistle was blown uh, and to say uh, he wasn't happy uh, about uh, conceding one goal and only getting the, the point. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he, he, McGregor is a goalkeeper. Uh, you, you've heard it this year already, I think, from uh, Chris Boyd and these guys. He, he works his angles incredibly well, uh, and he was unfortunate uh, with the goal. But uh, you know, even as Stephen Gerrard said, Hamilton deserved uh, their point. And I think the other positive from a Rangers perspective would be the fact that it, it's not a loss. Uh, it would have been uh, probably more. Uh, painful to Ranger supporters uh, if that unbeaten run had been uh, broken simply because of a, a lacklustre performance. But you'll listen, you'll find that with horses uh, in a, a, a racing over the year. You'll find that with football teams, rugby teams. You'll find it with football players, referees. They've got good games. They've got you know, games that they'll struggle through and, and get through. Uh, they're still a good team. Hamilton did well. Uh, but you know, you'll you'll have a performance that, that that's up and a, a performance that's down. From a Rangers point of view, it just happened to be one of the uh, the lower energy performances, I think. But uh, Baz, we had the obviously we were saying about Davis and and Jack. He brings Jack on, he brings Davis on, and Davis plays what can only be described as a world class through ball. And Eborna Barisic and, and Rangers force the issue. Now, this is the difference this year, I believe. Is I knew we would score on Sunday. Last year, I would never have, you know, last year I'd have thought, right, we're, we're not scoring here, we're playing that poor. This Rangers team has got the ability to get things over the line now and, and get to the end. One thing we can't throw at them this year is lacklustre defensively. And if you watch the goal that we concede back, you know, obviously the last five seconds, the last kick of the ball, basically. Three of your defenders, Tav, Goldson, and Hollander, are standing watching as, as the header um, goes towards McGregor and McGregor pushes it away, and obviously the boy gets the rebound. That isn't something that we can be critically the team of this year. You know, it was a lapse on Sunday, but I think that's all it was, really. I, the thing is, though, these, these lapses cost, uh, cost, you, cost you dearly, and I think sometimes. It was a wee bit more noticeable when we were playing the European fixtures. These mistakes that we were making defensively, we were, we were getting punished. And you kind of got away with it a wee bit more when you're playing in the SPFL. But I think for the most part, we've been pretty solid throughout the season. The back fours improved immensely since last season. Uh, the communication between the back four. I've always maintained that Hollander brings more cohesion to the back four. However, I feel and recently he's maybe made some personal Errors, you know, he's in me mistakes here and there, but I think overall the back four has been pretty solid, pretty solid this season. But I it was disappointing, you know, certainly since it was the last kick of the ball. Paul, again, no, no really, I spent too much time on, on the Hamilton game because it was poor, I was not getting away from it. Um, but again, how would you assess Cedric Keaton? It was his opportunity again, just like Zungu. It was his opportunity again to come in and, and cement his place um, in, the, in the absence of Alfredo Morelos and obviously with Ruth coming back for his injury and Nua has obviously subsequently suspended. How would you assess his performance? I think he lacked service, to be honest with you. Mm. I, with, there was there was no drive from midfield and uh, and the wide players. There was just there was nothing for me. He was basically chasing 
chasing shadows and try to pick up scraps. It was a, it was an extremely difficult match for them. You can't you can't really judge a centre forward like Cedric Kitten um, when, when the when the team around him aren't playing cohesively and, and providing him with any ammunition. Do you know what I mean? He can't he can't fire the bullet if he doesn't have any. So I, I think it's it's unfair to sort of critique him on that particular match because the team itself, as a, a collectively as a whole, outfield players were so poor. So I'm 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 going to reserve my judgment on that. I hope I, I know I know he will start tomorrow, and I hope he hope it really pays off for him and he starts banging the goals in because there is a player there. And I've said I've said in this podcast before he's what 23, 24, I think it's twenty three. And it's his first time playing outside Switzerland. He's a massive club, um, big name manager. It's a whole new system he's got to learn. He's not always, he's not a starter just now. He's always coming as substitutes. But when he's come on as a substitute and we've been playing well, he has made a real impact. Um, he's, scored a few, he's scored a few goals, a couple of important ones. Um, but when he has started, it just so happens the team haven't been playing particularly well. So I'm going to reserve my judgment on that. And I'm just not going to, I, I, I think. I think he'll come good. I agree, mate. Everything you've just said there in regards to Cedric Keaton, I think it's very, very harsh yeah. to say that he had a poor game on the back of that, you know, the, the lack of service, which kind of leads us into we're now going to have to rely on Cedric Keaton um, for the next game, at least, um, given Alfie's out and also given now Kemar Roof suspended. So I think myself, Callum, Paul and Baz could probably leave the podcast <laughs> this morning. Well, I, I, um, I've, I've got a couple of beers. I'm just going to sit and feet on the desk and watch this. This is going to be great. You, you, can't, you guys, I'm going to send some questions in as well. You crack on. <laughs> we, do have, we do have loads of questions. However, speaking of Kemar Roof, we've got Mike McCurry here. It'd be foolish not to ask him, what is your thoughts on the tackle? That has led to Kemar Roof being suspended. Dear, 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 where do you start? There's a couple of things that, uh, and and Stevie Gerrard's uh, interview today, one of the things is even just the fact that, that it was referred to the compliance officer and the, the team of three to review it retrospectively, which is a concern. Uh, I think it's a concern for for football players. Most football players would have would have looked at that, and if it had happened to them, they would have accepted it was a yellow card defence and not a red card defence. And I think most managers would have looked on at that, and if it was their player, they would have said, "No, that's a that's a yellow card." So one of the problems that you have now is the fact that once the referees in this situation, David Monroe had uh, had, had had seen it. Or, or seen a version of it, and in his opinion, had given a yellow card. Now, it's not that no action was taken. So all of a sudden now, you've got this team of three, you've got a compliance officer, who are then re-refereeing a, a football match. And I think, number one, that's a massive, massive issue for referees, where they're going out there, they're doing whatever they have to do, but if they're refereeing with it in the back of their mind that, you know, if I'm not strong enough, if I'm not harsh enough, if I don't see things, then I'm going to look the fool for I'm given a yellow card. So when it comes to a debatable decision, rather than leaving it in the referee's opinion, which I believe should have been done, and to cut to the chase, based on what Law 12 says, I would actually think that the, the, the direct free kick and the yellow card that was given on, on at the time 
was the correct decision. Now, I can understand people trying to make it serious foul play because a player was injured, but you, but you cannot uh, go through that. So the, the, the consistency and inconsistency of things, you, you maybe saw, obviously, uh, Devante Cole uh, Motherwell uh, with the sort of the on the ground a sort of a back heel to the chest of sorrow and and it's not picked up by the compliance officer so it's not so I think fans even referees are saying well you know we want to see consistency on that uh, specifically I say listen I would have I would have been happy if I'd sat on that compliance officers committee the independent <clears throat> review the three the manager the ex referee the ex player having reviewed it and knowing what Law 12 says. And the trouble is, is that do people actually know what Law 12 says? Looking at it, based on Law 12, I would say that I would have gone for a yellow card and I, I would have upheld the, the appeal. And if I can spend just like a couple of minutes just to oh, explain yeah. to, your, uh, to your listeners, uh, if you work through Law 12, Law 12 starts by saying that a direct free kick is awarded if a player commits any of the following offences uh, against an opponent in a manner considered by the referee to be careless, reckless, or using excessive force. And it says, careless is this. Careless is when a player shows a lack of attention or consideration when making a challenge or acts without caution. And if that's the case, then no disciplinary sanction is needed. So it's a free kick. No card shown. That was careless. Was he careless? Absolutely. Reckless is then stated as this, and it uses the word danger. And you have to be this. This is where Law Twelve is inconsistent in its own. It, law Twelve says this: reckless is when a player acts with disregard to the danger to an opponent, and must be cautioned. So you then say to yourself, with his lunge which was towards the ball, it wasn't towards the player, was he reckless? And I would say absolutely, he was reckless. Uh, so if that's the case, it's a direct free kick and a yellow card. Now that is what the referee gave at the time. It then says uh, using excessive force, which really goes on to talk about serious foul play, but using excessive force is when a player exceeds the necessary use of force and endangers the safety of an opponent. Now, you say to yourself, I understand a player was injured, but that wasn't solely down to, to Roof's actions. But you say to yourself, did he use excessive force in making that challenge? I don't think you can say that was excessive force and, and then endangers the safety of an opponent. So the trouble you've got then is reckless play and serious foul play, the, the definition of them both use the word danger. So they do. And what I think happens mostly is that that appeal uh, would have been kicked out because the panel would probably have said, asked them the, the question, the wrong question, which is, did he endanger the safety of an opponent? Uh, now, just because you answer yes to that, that doesn't make it serious foul play. That makes it either reckless foul play or serious foul play. The question you then have to say to yourself is, did he use brutality? If you go on, it will say uh, in Law 12 that uh, you, he has to use, for it to be serious foul play, 
He has to use excessive force, which we've talked about, or brutality, and was challenging for the ball uh, for it. Now, you say to yourself, did he use excessive force? I don't think he did. He lost control of the ball and he lunges forward. Now, he doesn't lunge directly at an opponent. He lunges towards the ball. In fact, if, if you watch him, the shape of his body, he almost turns his back to the opponent. The shield and because, absolutely. And what happens is he's already committed to that lunge towards the ball. And Murray Davidson puts his uh, puts his foot down, so it is, so it, 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 he catches him there. And regrettably, his opponent is uh, his opponent is injured. So my final sort of idea on it is that you know Law Twelve says that he has to use excessive force or brutality in lunging at an opponent. He doesn't lunge at the opponent. He may lunge in the direction of an op opponent's coming from. But he's lunging towards the ball to get the ball. Does he act brutally? No. Does he use excessive force? I don't think he, he does. And I think you can get conned into thinking to yourself, just because a player is injured, that then makes it serious foul play. And, you know, you can imagine there was a couple of games at the, the weekend where uh, a head knock, where a defender had played the ball away and another player had come in and collided heads, and the, the, the defender's injured, obviously. Now, that's, that's just a clash of heads. Is it serious foul play? Absolutely not. However, if somebody turns around and headbutts somebody, then it's serious foul play because there's excessive force, there's brutality, and whatever. So, in my reading of Law 12, the minute you, you, you start looking at reckless play and serious foul play, to me, I think what is actually most important is the fact that both of them can endanger the safety of a player. Law 12 says that. But serious foul play endangers the safety of a player by, by using excessive force or brutality. I have to look at that and say, did Kamar Roof use excessive force or brutality? And I don't think he did. And I actually think, with the referee, that he got it right on the night. And and so often, I know we're going a bit inconsistency, so often, good referees, it's usually your gut feeling as you see it there. Uh, 99% of the time, you're right with your gut feeling. So in terms of that, if I had been defending Kamar Roof, I would have walked through Law 12 in a bit more detail than I, than I have uh, tonight. Uh, and been able to say, based on Law 12, the decision is, is it reckless play or is it serious foul play? Did he use brutality? Uh, and on the back of that, you, you would have to say, it's reckless play. The correct decision is a direct free kick to St. Johnston uh, and, and, and a yellow card to Kamar Roof. And he, sh he shouldn't be uh, missing the, 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 the two-week the, the two games. Uh, I think the problem is, is what's happened is people have now listened to uh, pundits, uh, ex-players, who are commenting on games and saying, oh, that was a straight leg, or that was this, or that was that, or, or, or whatever. Uh, serious foul play has to be that serious foul play. In my opinion, it was not serious foul play. He didn't go in after the guy or uh, or whatever. So in, in summary, and, and I know I've, 
I've taken a little longer, but trust me, uh, no, that is, that's, that's, that's as quickly as I could. Uh, so my view uh, of, uh, of that tackle uh, would have been that the referee actually got it right on the day. Baz, what's, what's your thoughts on that, mate? And is there a, as, as Mike's alluding to there, trial by sports scene, trial by Sky Sports, etc. Is, is there a kind of, you know, looking at it right in real play, I thought to myself, oh, he's lucky there, right? I don't think he intends to harm the player, but I thought to myself, oh, he's lucky there. By the way, if that's Morelos, I believe he's, t- he's red-carded him, right? Just because of who he is, right? And his reputation that's went before him. But is there a thing where, when you slow down a replay, that it can look a wee bit more obviously malicious than, than what it's intended to be when the ball's there and you're going 100 miles an hour. Well, 100%. 100%. If you slow an image down, it, it, you know, a, a freeze frame, it, it could look 100 times worse than what it really is. And I think you you touched on it earlier, but he's, he's, uh, Mike also mentioned his body position. He's almost got his back. He puts his leg out as if he's actually trying to, you know, shield or, or block the player in, the, in his... I, would, I don't think he meant it right, but it obviously looks pretty bad. And I was listening to everything that Mike was saying there, and it was kind of backing up something. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. See, every single thing Mike said, I said that on Twitter. But <laughs> I didn't... But he I said it on Twitter, Mike. To be fair, I got it off Twitter. Here's the difference, Mike. I, I didn't quote War 12... And see the technical terms you used and the definitions. I sort of replaced them with swear words. <laughs> <laughs> the message, the message yes. was pretty much the same. But uh, yeah. I appreciate you getting into, I appreciate you getting into the depth about that. It's a bit of an eye opener, and it kind of, it kind of backs up that you know what, what we're all sort of thinking and what, what we're all sort of trying to say. I mean, we, we kind of had a, a broad understanding, uh, you know what, what the rules were and stuff like that. But it's, uh, it's good that you've come on and kind of explained in, in detail, you know, the, the rules and also where, you know, it's failing. So I thanks very much for doing that. But like I say, that's pretty much what I said. Only I I kind of maybe used some mess swear words. Lightning's tells me you used. I'll, I'll, I'll try and use some swear words next time for you, Baz, then, if that's the case. But, you know, you know, from a... I, I would think, and I tell you, I mean, I listened to Stevie, Stevie Gerrard uh, today, and he's saying, I mean, he says, listen, this isn't about uh, Rangers winning out of the situation, about getting greater consistency from the compliance officer or the review retrospectively, but it's for all of the teams. So you can actually say it's a level playing field and we know exactly what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. But I tell you, I would think there'll be a groundswell of referees. Could you bear in mind that there's a, a, a an SPFL uh, observer at that game to mark that referee? And on that basis, that referee will get, will get marked. Now, you can almost guarantee that because of that incident, the, the, the observer will not give his mark until he's actually seen that on television. So rather than be honest, watch it at the game and say, right, fine, uh, referee Monroe had an average game, it was a, a 75 or it was a, a 79 or a 90 or whatever mark he wants to give him, then what you're then going to find is that the referees are actually being assessed retrospectively as well. So that, that puts an additional fear, perhaps, certainly, Certainly, an additional pressure on referees. Yeah. 
Uh, and that, that's not that's not a good environment to be refereeing in. Uh, and again, I think you'll find because they're they're put under more pressure that way, that you'll you'll, you'll get more inconsistencies as time goes on. I think yeah. I, Stephen Gerrard. Sorry, Paul, you go, mate. I was just going to say I understand about the business of uh, looking at performances uh, of referees and things like that, and uh, uh, retrospective, uh, you know, whether they do it again or not. I mean, that's why that's why Callum's not been on for a while because Scott, as myself, got together after his last performance. Oh no, no, yes, yeah, let's take some time off that boy. Up his game, and that's why that's why he's now back on because he's he's come back bigger, bolder, and stronger. By the way, we don't listen to him, Callum. Don't listen to him. We've actually got um, Stephen Gerrard's, uh, you know, thoughts for, or certainly party's thoughts for, for the press conference today. So there's two. I mean, obviously it was dominated by the Kemar Roof thing and the the refereeing inconsistencies. No, the refereeing inconsistencies, inconsistencies of the panel, right? Um, so we'll hear Stevie G's what you well, I must admit, I don't know where the SFA are at in terms of VAR, in terms of um, goal line technology and the stuff that would be a big support for, for the officials up here. Um, I don't want to obviously make any unnecessary headlines. I certainly support the statement that the club put out. And um, I think my view is shared by a lot of managers, a lot of players, a lot of supporters and a lot of people in the media that, you know, the, the compliance and the... Um, the SFA situation, how they go about certain things that happen on the football pitch up here does need guidance and support. Uh, my opinion won't change. Whether that happens in, in, in the short, medium or long term, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but look, it, it is what it is. We we um, appealed the, the Kamar situation um, because we felt uh, in, in a couple of areas, one, one we felt the game or is getting refereed up here, which we think is dis disrespectful to the officials and is undermining their performance on the night when they're seeing incidents live. Um, and two, we didn't think there was any malice or intent in the challenge, but at the same time, we understand it didn't look great when you slow it down or when you show people it 30, 40 times. We, we respect that. The decisions being made were disappointed because we miss another striker for two games um, at such a crucial, important time. That's not great. But, you know, we've got a squad good enough and it'll be opportunities for other people to come into the team and, and, and try and make up for, for Kamar's loss. See, what I don't like, and it's, it's actually probably in the other clip that I've got, is that the referee put in his report, obviously put it in his report, he booked Kamar Roof, right? So so he's seen it, yet the explanation given to Rangers, Mike, and with a couple of good questions when you were talking there, right, that I'm going to get to, and I'm not ignoring everybody in the chat, right, but, but Rangers were given a, an explanation from the panel that the referee didn't see it on the night. It wasn't in his report. Well, either A, the referee's guessing, doing his job, which is never a good thing, or B, there's somebody telling lies somewhere. Right? Well, I, I don't know where that comes from. There's a, there's a couple of things. Number one is you do not give a free kick and caution an individual if you haven't seen it. So the, the bottom line is, is if you've taken action on it, if, if the referee hadn't seen that, the game would have played on. There'd be no free kick and there'd be no yellow card. Simple as that. So the referee has seen something. And at the end of the day, that's what he's employed to, to do there. So on, on the back of that, he has seen something. With regard to saying that it's not in his report, uh, what you what you do is you, you get the team lines at the start of the game, an hour before the game, 45 minutes before the, the, the game starts, with all the information on it, 
and then you submit a misconduct report form, which basically shows that the top half of it is uh, the, the, the player's name, number, and, and then it's a, a list of all the offences for which you can either be cautioned, yellow carded, booked, whatever you want to call it, or sent off from the field of play. So, and then what you do is you tick which one it is. So that referee's report would have gone in, and it's basically a tick sheet. So that 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 referee's report would have gone in, and it would have said, Kamar Roof, uh, number, the, the time, and tick the box for whatever the cautionable offence was. Simple as that. The only time that you need to put in an additional report is if it's for violent conduct, uh, where you need to maybe add some explanation to it, you know, ahead, but what sort of force was given to it or or that sort of stuff, or a, or a punch, uh, you know, was it in a melee, was it not in a melee? So sometimes if it's a red card for violent conduct, sometimes for serious foul play, you might be asked to submit an additional uh, if it's significantly serious. So that's the only time that you'd put in an additional report. So somebody saying, you know, I, I don't understand uh, what to call it, the why it, it wasn't in the referee's report. It would have been in the referee's report under the, the actual misconduct report forum. So I, I don't really understand when people say or people are being told this. Now, the referee might have been asked subsequently, you know, did you get a good view of it? Did you not get a good view of it? And he maybe said, well, I, I didn't see it clearly. Now, my understanding with uh, the compliance officer or having it reported is really the fact that they're there to pick up the things that happen that the referee doesn't see and takes no action on. So an off-the-ball yeah. punch that the television cameras got there. So even for the compliance officer to, to deal with this, when there is actually saying, listen, that referee, with all of experience, with all of his skill, with all of his education, with everything, he's seen that and he has taken a decision on it. You know, Now, the laws of the game say the referee's decision is final. So if that's the case, but for it to be analysed by the compliance officer and, 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 the, and the panel, the bottom line is, is that there is one little bit which says uh, if the referee hasn't clearly seen it or seen it fully I think the description is so I'm guessing that what they've done is they've spoken to the referee and said listen have you now seen this on television you know what they call did you see it fully you know do you want to you know to to, to comment or whatever it is but that's somebody going to him and saying he saw on the night so he read uh, and in terms of that uh, it's what they call somebody just asked sorry I just see there we see ID we said uh, may I ask Mike if he knows who's able to make referrals to the compliance the, the compliance officer can can pick up anything that, that, that is brought to their attention uh, and it just depends how it's brought to their attention so in, in terms of a talking point something that's, that shows in the highlights of the uh, television or, or that sort of stuff they, they can do it themselves or indeed uh, you know, a club who maybe feels aggrieved can can bring it to the attention of the compliance officer, but it's then up to the compliance officer to decide. Okay, do I investigate this? Do I take it further? Do I pursue it, or do I just leave it? You know. So can can fans do that? I'm going to come to Callum because I know he's went in the wings, but but can fans do that as well, Mike? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of debate out there, but people are saying kind of you know fans can actually 
highlight these issues as well, and which is dangerous, especially in the west of Scotland. Oh, no, listen, <laughs> I mean, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, put it this way: I would think if uh, uh, if a manager. Uh, contacts the SFA and said listen this incident happened we're unhappy with that or it was an off the ball thing we've got uh, television evidence of that uh, we'd like to bring it to your attention anybody can bring it to their, to their attention whether they then pursue it is up to them it's, it's, it's a different kettle of fish uh, so I mean, you listen. Anybody can write to the SFA and say, "Am I grieved at blah 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 whatever." That doesn't necessarily mean to say that they're going to to pursue it. But as, as Stephen Gerrard says, there, you know, who who's actually refereeing? You know, the games exactly. Uh, you know, because otherwise, I think there's a couple of folks who's made their trial by television. And listen, I have got no problem at all, no problem whatsoever. If I was refereeing a game and there was a punch off the ball or, or there was something that, that, that happened that I didn't see, or indeed, you know, there was a leg-breaking challenge that for whatever reason I, I, I didn't see, I've got absolutely no problem at all uh, making sure that justice is seen to be done retrospectively uh, where a, a player is uh, uh, banned for, for a week, two weeks for violent conduct or whatever it is. However, if I'm the referee and I've, I, I've, I've had a view of it, and I have taken action against it, then as far as I'm concerned, you know, that's it dealt with. End of story. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I was just going to say, I think it's very, you, you, what you said about, um, obviously the, the SFA, the compliance officer, coming to the referee and saying, are you sure you saw that correctly? Did you, did you really get a good view of it? And then that, that alters the outcome of the hearing. It's very leading. You know, it's that. All, all, it's, I mean, and it's and it's almost basically saying to them, you know, you. I think this is what you really want to say because if you don't, you know, you're going to be back down the lower leagues. There has to be a. There has to be some kind of difference between sort of making sure justice is done and making sure the right, the correct decisions were made in the game at the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between that and having off the pitch influence on the decisions that were made on the pitch. Because it, as Stephen Gerrard, he sort of made a cheeky allude towards, you know, if if we show you something 30, 40 times and slow it down, it can look malicious. But the ref the referee doesn't have that 30, 40 times slowed down. And as you said before, usually the decision that you go with is your gut decision and it's right 90% of the time. When did we descend into this era that we can just oh, hold on, he, he didn't get punished harshly enough for that. Let's slow it down. Let's watch it 30, 40 times until we find something that we don't like about it. It just it just seems to be that we care less about the right decision and more about a different decision, I think. I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, I agree in, in entirely with that. And listen, you have to understand that, you know, there are there are times as a referee things will happen that you know you, you, you don't get exactly right on the day, so you don't, uh, and you might yellow card when you know it was a red card or, or whatever. But you've taken that action. That's the way you've seen it, and, and that's what the laws of the game say. But to to start going back in with you know, commentators saying, uh, you know, listen, that should have been this, that should have been that, that should have been the the next thing, or newspapers saying it, or, or whatever it is. You know, you can understand the pressure that's then put on a referee, and it, it may not be the compliance officer that calls them and says, listen, 
uh, do you want to, what do you call it, uh, do you want to rethink this or did you see that properly or, you know, whatever it may be. You know, it could have been the, 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 the referee's uh, training manager from the training area was at and saying, listen, what do you call it, that looked to me like a, you know, a red card or, you know, there'll always be discussion. So should, but that discussion between a, a training manager or an observer and a referee should should be for the betterment of that referee's career advancement and learning and so on, and, and not to put you in a, a, a an environment of fear that you're going out there scared stiff, you know, to actually to say to yourself, you know, okay, you know, I can I can I can talk to that player just now. I don't have to yellow card them, you know, because yeah. I, 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 yeah. I can man I can manage the game uh, and I think if there's more of that going around then uh, you would actually probably see a greater consistency with referees because I just think you know all of a sudden it's a case of if you're if you're operating officiating under that much pressure there's enough pressure on the game trust me so there is yeah. uh, to, to, to deal with then actually then thinking to yourself oh my word you know I, I'll only know if I've got a good game in this next upcoming, I've got a game on Sunday, uh, Rangers versus Aberdeen. I'll only know if I've done well by the Wednesday once the team exactly. has, has ripped me to shreds or built me up as a saint, one of the two. It's ridiculous. Buzz, have we actually taken now, now VAR down south? Has t- now, after this, I kind of need to go and do the manscape stuff, right? But Buzz, <laughs> down south, right? VAR has been slated for how it's been used because somebody can be a hair width offside, right? And whether the advantage should go to the attacker or no is up to discussion and debate, right? Ultimately, it is probably giving you the correct decision. Whether it's tight or whether it's no, it is probably giving you the correct decision. He's either offside or he's no, and that's the law, remember. So in Scotland, if we can have made an arse even VAR, because rather than using VAR in the game, we're turning around and we're saying... Well, we'll use VAR after the game. Perfect example of that is, no, this is something that would have worked against us had we had VAR, I believe. Morelos's stamp, tackle, fall down on top of Porteous, whatever you want to call it, he obviously gets banned. That was no use to Hibs when Morelos scored the goal and we won 1-0. Obviously, we're not complaining about that. That benefited us that time. But surely, God, it's better to get the decisions right within the 90 minutes than what it is in the week after the game. A hundred percent, like one hundred percent. How long's I, I? I don't know how long's football been played on this planet. Uh, hundreds of years, right? And there's never been an issue. Past couple of years, all of a sudden we bring in VAR. Now there's obviously pros and cons to VAR. But when I was a kid playing football, the referee was a judge, jury, and execution. That was it. Everybody accepted that. You had eleven yep. players there, eleven players there. You had your managers and your subs, and everybody watching the game, and everybody accepted the fact that the referee makes a decision. You play the whistle, and that's that. That that that's a be on end all. If the referee thinks it's a yellow card, it's a yellow card. People are going to shout and ball about it, but you get over it. This whole this whole I'm going to tell I'm going to it's bullshit. This whole retrospective fucking. Refereeing matches, it's totally undermining the system. The system that has been in place for about 200 years, do you know what I mean? And all of a sudden, people are trying to rewrite the rules. Now, Stevie G even came out and said himself, this isn't about attacking referees. This is about backing up the referees and supporting the referees when they make the decision. Now, it seems to be that the finger's getting pointed at the ref, but it's not the ref that's the problem. It's the system that uh, this whole retrospective refereeing 
a games, and it's like every single decision is going to be under scrutiny. But like Callum touched on a second ago, a referee doesn't have, you know, all these monitors sitting there, and you know, rewind that again. Let, let's have another look at that. And it's and every single decision is now going through this two tier scrutiny, whereas the first tier of scrutiny is pundits. These te television shows, I'm not even going to mention them, but they're called, right? But there's these television shows and they sit down and they look at these decisions and then they pass comment. And then the next day or two, all of a sudden, boom, compliance officer. So we're now going through a two-tier scrutiny system after the referee has made his decision. And I just think it's total bullshit. You know, I come from an era where the referee's decision is final. We need to go back to that. We need, we need to go back to it. It's worked for, it's worked for hundreds of years. How come all of a sudden in the past few years, that the referee's decision is final, no longer counts. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but, but it's happened. Well, it's just here, is it not? If if we uh, if we got the decision the second time, would it not have gone to the third tier? Would they not have then rewatched the person rewatching? The... <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> Where's the end? They have a go <laughs> until. Well, I mean, I mean the, 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 the trouble. Well, the trouble is, Cal, is, is uh, you you could end up. If somebody wants to take this to, to a court of law and actually say, I've been stopped by, for applying my trade as a professional footballer because I've been banned based on a slow motion 30 times showing tackle. I've got two weeks where I can't earn what I should be earning and, and whatever. But I would say with, with VAR, and, and listen, I tell you, that, that interview with Stephen Gerrard, that's a, there's a guy who's played at the highest level throughout the world and he knows a thing or two about football. And the English setup is different from, from our setup. And the thing with VAR, if, if there's the offside there and then, uh, a VAR referee can tell you, right, it's offside or whatever it would be uh, or that sort of stuff. But one of the things, one of the, if they're going to use VAR, one of the things that I'll be saying if I'm refereeing a game is I would want the monitor at the side of the pitch so that I'm not even listening to another person telling me their opinion of a tackle or a challenge, but I can go and see it myself. So, for example, uh, at the Morellis situation, if I'd gone over to the side of the pitch and I'm saying, OK, I know what I thought I saw, that's what I'm going to take action on, but I'm going to have a look at it again. And with the Alfredo Morellis one, straight red, end of story, you would do that there. But what I wouldn't want to be doing with VAR is then saying, OK, I've yellow carded uh, Kamar Roof. Uh, and then uh, because of my my logic, my thinking, how I've seen it, I wouldn't want to be referring that to somebody in a porter cabin someplace who's slowing it down and saying to me, Michael, that's a red card. Mm -hmm. So I would I rather I would rather make that opinion myself. You make the decision. You make yeah, that decision. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Somebody I agree with that. Somebody and, said earlier on, sorry, Mike, in the, in the comments actually, they said, because of Scottish football, we can't really afford to have VAR and stuff like that. Why not have a television monitor at the side of the pitch that the fourth official can look at? And if there's any contentious issues, he just goes, uh, do you want to come and look at this? And you uh, you wander across and then you, you, you go, actually, yeah, I, I was mistaken there. Or no, I'm going to stand by my decision. So it rules and negates VAR, but you still have another way of dealing with it. And that's the at that point, it takes it away from the SFA's hands. Your decision is finite. That's the end of story. Well, it might help if we're not paying Neil Doncaster 450,000 <laughs> a year. We can't afford VAR, but we can afford to pay him nearly uh, half a million a year. That's, that's true. 
Listen, I, I spent uh, whatever it was, 10 years uh, as a FIFA official and uh, during that time, there's times I would have, have sat at uh, or stood at as fourth official at Champions League games or wherever where they've got a monitor there <clears throat> and you, you can stand, you can see you're mic'd up to a referee and you'll be able to, to help him out. You're there to assist as best you can. So to have that monitor there uh, I mean, you say it, especially a game that's on Sky Television, to have a monitor there is no real additional cost. It's no problem whatsoever. And it would be a great asset to a fourth official. Right, we're going to get back to the referee chat. But first of all, we need to talk about grooming. Male grooming, that is, of course. Right. <laughs> so I'm going to play this. <laughs> Support support for the Battlefield podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners and viewers, which is 20% off plus free shipping with the code BATTLEFEVER55 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code uh, BATTLEFEVER55 at manscaped.com. Now, well, listen, I'm going to get involved in this, right? Uh, okay, mate. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain to you why. No, no, no live <laughs> demonstrations on there, please. <laughs> no live demonstrations. The product I was previously using was a Phillips Windblade. And it, it cuts you a wee bit. Uh, do you know what I mean? It does cut you a bit. And it's a, it's a tender area. By the way, you know what I mean? I've, I've not been going to Cancun or anything this year. So I've not been, uh, I've not been to burn the old mankinis and stuff like that this year. So it's not really been much of an issue. However, I'll certainly be checking out this product and reporting back. But I encourage everybody in the meantime, you know, get involved. Check it out. Manscaped.com. 20% discount. Free postage and packaging. When you use the code BATTLEFEVER55, check it. Definitely, I would I would encourage people that that link in that uh, code is now live. Um, so if you use that, guys, you will get 20% off. You'll get free postage and packaging. I bought stuff today myself. Also, the podcast hosts are getting a wee gift um, from them, which I, I need to mention, um, which is very kind of them, and I thank them for that. Uh, and we will give our honest opinion. However... I cannot promise <laughs> any live demonstrations, okay? Because this, you know, it, it I mean, depends. What drinks that Highland strength? Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? God knows. In fact, in fact, if Bass starts drinking that, <laughs> Jack Daniels, God knows what could happen live on it. Basically, I mean, it, it's coming up to uh, Valentine's Day, gentlemen. It's two thousand and twenty-one. You know, it's not the seventies anymore. Do the right thing by your missus. Get yourself that special haircut. Get out there. Get the plow, and you might be doing the plowing. You've so, also uh, got the lawnmower, Buzz. 
So it, it was those. Mike, we're sorry about this. Mike, we're, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, listen. See if see if Manscaped Disney Disney get you by as as in that tagline have failed as a commercial, you know, side of things that they've failed, mate, because that would I've take half in Glasgow. Aye. <laughs> yeah, the ploughing, you may be doing the ploughing. <laughs> <laughs> and also, if you're, if, if you know, if you're a female, because we know we've got females that watch the pod, and this is obviously manscaped, and I apologise for that. However, you could get it for your other half, and then it's still technically you getting a gift out of your day. So, you know, look in the bright side, right? It's it's something that we're our gifts are being shipped at the moment, and we will have them in our hands. And I'm talking about the lawnmower, nothing else. We will have them in our hands, re- reviewing the product on the podcast. How does that sound? Sounds well, quite I'll, good. I'll, I'll, I will 100% get a go and tell you exactly. But like, I, I don't mean like jokingly. I'll get the product. I'll let you know how it is. I'll let you know how the plowing goes. The lawnmower, whatever you want to know. And uh, I'll give you a 100% gen up review on the product. And I'll compare it to the Phillips One blade that I used to use. Can I just can I just reply to Andy Bluebells? I hope so. <laughs> Does it play through grey hair? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Bear station after that returns. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, I'm conscious, obviously, that, that time's getting on and I want to get as many questions um, from the viewers as possible. Uh, I actually had one on Twitter. In fact, what was the guy's name again? Hold on a minute. He actually sent me about six questions, seven questions, and I said to him, do you fancy coming on and you can ask me these questions? But he said no. <laughs> um he asked, this is, this is, I think, an important question, right? Why can't the process be shared with member clubs? And also, if a player is red carded, do we honestly think we would see that red card being overturned in, a, in the week, you know, following it, if it was the wrong decision? Uh, listen, you, you, would, you would like to think that uh, if it was the wrong decision, it would be overturned. So you do. Whether that would be the case or, or not, uh, I, I'm, I'm not too sure. So not. But I think one of the, the points is obviously really what needs to happen, I think, is have greater communication. We've gone on about it for years, about communication between referees and, and managers or referees and coaches and, and so on. But I actually think, you know, when it comes to this type of thing, to actually have, you know, some sort of better liaison, better communication between, you know, the SFA, whether it's a compliance officer or whoever's going to come in and take the, the current compliance officer's job, or I might apply for it myself. So I might. A few people uh, are encouraging you to do that in the comments. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, see, to be able to get a group of, sensible, football-minded people around the table and say, listen, we need to sort this out and have some consistency uh, where you know we, we identify what is it we're actually trying to, to deal with here. And, and I think it is, it's the gross injustice of the player that does something and gets away with it that you're actually trying to, to prevent. Uh, and I think that's really where the, the line should be drawn. But 
you know, it, it takes communication. It, it takes people to be, it really takes people to be honest and actually just sort of say, you know something, we want this for the betterment of everybody. From the SFA's point of view, they can have a win situation. From refereeing point of view, a win situation. From players, a win situation. And from managers and coaches, a win situation. And surely to goodness we can do that in the 21st century of Scotland. I would like to think so. Curry Munchers just joined us and he said he's asked me why the guy from MasterChef is on the pod. Didn't know he was an Angels man. I take it you're referring to a Mike McCurry here and you're saying, is it Greg Wallace? Is, it? is that who we were talking about here? Uh, <laughs> it's quite good. It's quite good. It's quite good. Uh, quite good. Greg, Greg, uh, Greg with three G's. <laughs> oh well, they, tell the old curry muncher to go and get himself some lunch, a wee bag of vegetables. I'll, I'll tell him how to prepare it for his supper. <laughs> we we CID would 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 certainly support you going for the the compliance uh, officer's role. So would Andrew Bluebells. So would Billy. <laughs> Good stuff, excellent. We can start a, <laughs> we can start a petition so we can now. <laughs> uh, what I don't get, guys, right, is, you know, I'm sure, again, it's been fascinating mm. listening to a, a professional and, and get an unbiased view. And that was the whole point, as I said before, that, that I reached out to Mike to get him on um, the podcast, was we don't need a view with a Rangers set eyes. We can all do that, right? I can look at something and go... I okay, right. It might have been a penalty then, but I'm a Rangers supporter. I'm going to kick up about it. Right, we needed somebody who was going to say, "No, lads, that is actually a penalty." And I've texted Mike through many games, and he'll back me up on this through many games. And he's also texted me through many games and said, "Red card." Just like the old Fulham game we beat on, he says straight away. You text me, Mike, and said, yep. "Red yeah. card." The referee's got it spot on. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Why we don't have somebody like Mike McCurry in our game at the minute in some capacity? Absolutely infuriates me. See, when we have some of the clowns, I mean, BT done it down south where they had Harold Webb at, at the side and it was their referee. That's where I got the idea for to get in to get in Mike Wells, right? I'm not saying I'm better than BT or anything like that, by the way, right? Or Sky, because they can't do it, right? But <laughs> but what I'm saying is Sky should now don't get me wrong, we might lose Mike through it, but Sky should be reaching out to somebody like him and saying, Listen, would you be willing to attend the games or be somewhere that we can actually get your opinion on this? And be able to give you something rather than Ian Crocker and, and Andy Walker giving you their view on it. What, what have they done? You know, Andy Walker played for uh, Aberdeen and played for Celtic. He's not really going to see things from Rangers' point of view, is he? You know, he's going to turn that slant on it, whether he likes it or no. I would turn the slant on it as well for Rangers' side. It's where my loyalties lie. So, how it's the same Chris Boyd's doing and, and they're throwing petitions up and whatever because they're not happy that Chris Boyd's smiling. Chris Boyd's smiling during a pandemic. He's making people smile. <laughs> Get a fucking life, people. You know, but how they can have Mike McCurry sitting there and saying, Our referee's verdict is penalty. I think that would be a great card. idea. I think that would be a great idea. Do you know, but like Sky, BT, all these, all these sort of, even what I'm not even going to mention the BBC, right? But all these different, you know, football related shows should have a Mike McCurry that can give that professional point of view and mm. you know rather than just a, a one-sided biased opinion and because there is there is a lot of one-sided biased opinions on these shows and it would be good with somebody who's actually got the inside knowledge not just a play I mean I know obviously players know the rules of the game and you understand the game but a referee who 
his whole career has been refereeing the games and has a full understanding of the rules. And that, that would be, that, I think that would be incredible if, you know, there was somebody like that in each show that could actually advise folk on, you know, somebody's talking a lot of nonsense, that was a penalty, no, it wasn't a penalty, or it wasn't this, and here's why it wasn't, here's why it wasn't a red card. I, I, I reckon that that's something to be encouraged. 100%. Well, I'm going to see if Sky <laughs> no, see if see if BT and Sky don't don't decide to go down that route. Well, obviously, BT is irrelevant now because they're not in Scottish football. So, if Sky don't decide to go down that route, right? And I'm not saying they ever should, and they should never listen to us, um, because let's face it, we are going to give a slightly biased view, right? But Rangers TV, please, please branch out to somebody like Mike. Please just reach out and just say, listen. Could you come and assist our commentators during a game at home where there's fifty? There's going to be at least what forty eight thousand days watching because we're all season ticket holders. And can you just turn around and, and give just your honest opinion? If it's a penalty against Rangers, if it's a red card against Rangers, I'm big enough and ugly enough to to take that in the chin and say, right, fair enough, it is. We all know it is. You know roughly, right, that it is. How these people don't do this and they employ people like Michael Stewart, but I've never said them, but I'm going to say it, Michael Stewart. Chris Sutton, even you know, even even Boydy, if if Boydy's going to see it for your point of view, I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I can, I, can, I, can I just? Yeah, yeah. I, so on you, go, on you go, Paul. Just I'll just just find like just for you. Come on, I personally would love to see Mike absolutely turn Michael Stewart into a simpering little wreck. And I'm going to speak on behalf of all Rangers fans that because you would make you would tear them apart because the guy yeah. speaks absolute nonsense. Anything that comes out of his mouth doesn't matter what it is, football or otherwise, it's absolute drivel. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I will watch uh, a great deal of football. So I'll, whether it's European, Scotland, England, whatever it would be, and you hear you know uh, commentators or pundits, you know, give their opinion of the laws of the game. And you just you shake your head in disbelief at times, to be honest. Uh, and listen, I'm I'm very humbled in with the, the kind remarks you've made. But I think one of the major benefits of that is a lot of uh, football supporters and spectators feel aggrieved about something that's happened on the field of play. Because somebody will say, "You're talking about consistency. That happened in that game, and that happened in that game, and they get a penalty, and we never get a penalty, or so on." And seldom are two events actually identical or similar. And if you had somebody, ex-referee, whatever it would be, who would be able to actually say, well, in that situation, you know, that player's going away from goal or there's another player there or, or whatever it would be. I mean, the other night there, I, I heard a, a, a commentator uh, slate the referee because he hadn't sent off the last man on a challenge. Now, technically, it was the last man, but it wasn't an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. So, therefore, it wouldn't have been a red card. But, you know, all of a sudden, what you've then got is supporters of that team are up in arms because they're saying he should have been sent off because a commentator said he was the last man, he should have been sent off. Mm -hmm. But with the application of the laws of the game, it was. So, I think there's... 
an education process. I used to enjoy managers when they came chapping my door at the end of the game to complain about something because it, it was an opportunity for me to learn something about the, the game. Uh, I remember refereeing England versus Ukraine uh, and on the field of play, free kick to, to England and I was trying to get the Ukraine ball back 10 yards and the two guys, the two English players that were, were taking the free kick said to me, just leave them where they are. And I thought to myself, I wonder, you know, so afterwards I had the opportunity to ask them. And they said, because of the proximity to the 18 yard box, they wanted more space behind. So it was a, a technical. Now, at the end of the day, the law says you should be 10 yards back. End of story. But see, for yeah. me to, to learn, to be able to get into their thinking, that sometimes they would see that as a, an advantage to them or, or what it would be. So I used to enjoy them, you know. Managers would come chap your door if they were irate. Uh, they would normally calm down after they'd asked their initial question. But on the back of that, you could then actually talk about it uh, and you would learn from their perspective. And I think the whole thing you are talking about tonight is actually communication and actually realise we should all be working together for the better of the game. Simple as that. 100%. You did say in the last pods, uh, you're on, mate, you did say that you consider um, the, the way a referee referees a match, it's a two-way thing. You know, Absolutely. You, expl you explain things to the players, they and the, the players and the management explain things to you. That way you both learn and, and, and you build a greater knowledge of how you, you, you're going to see the game evolve and how they, and how they understand how you're going to referee it. And it, and it becomes this almost a mutual respect thing, and that's and that's how the game has to move forward. And it seems to be lacking that these days. No, no, absolutely. See the the issue again, and I mean, no, you've no, you blow Rangers trumpet here, which I suppose we are going to do because that's what we do. But Rangers actually offered for an independent inquiry into how the league was run, right? And we were quickly shut down because. We're Rangers and nobody's going to back us on that, right? Because we're obsessed and, and we're paranoid now, this time, this period in history. We're paranoid. New Rangers are highlighting, and Gerard summed it up perfectly today, and I'm so glad he didn't focus on the Kemar Roof instant or Alfredo Morelos instant. He says a better consistency for everyone, right? Absolutely. More consistency for everyone. That's what we want to see. That's where I would maybe slightly take issue with the, with the monitor thing, because if it's only Sky that can put I mean, for instance, the FA Cup at the minute, if the club who's at home has VAR in place, then VAR can be used. Yeah, if a club doesn't have VAR in place, then it can't be used. If it can't be used by everybody and installed by everybody, then I'm sorry it shouldn't be used at all. Right, so if we can get some sort of monitor at the side of the part, as you've alluded to, where the, the referee's assistant can, can see it and say, listen, that's a penalty. I think you might need to take a look at this. And we can apply that through the top league and, and whatever other leagues, then I'm all for it. And um, what I don't like to know is, as somebody says, as everybody said in the comments, trial by television. So if we're on Sky, we've got we risk, you know, obviously the, the boy Elbert Goldson in Sunday in the first 30 seconds. Curtis Main just a bit put out Bonabarisic for how long? Um, a horrendous tackle. Where was the compliance mm. officer? Where was it brought in front of them then? That's the Rangers fans' gripe. You know, if it happens to everybody, then we don't have any issue with Kemar Roof being suspended, nor Alfredo Morelos. Mm. That, we got I the think that's summed up. 
with the Curtis Main thing, the thing that got me was McInnes took him off a couple of minutes later because he was, because he was so appalled by the challenge he made and he knew he was going to go Absolutely. off. And so, Absolutely. And actually, why was he not? I'm not trying to get somebody in trouble here, but but you no. have to have you have to have consistency. Why was he not cited for that? Yeah. It's, just, it's bonkers. You wonder whether or not, you know, if there's a there's a compliance officer for the SFA, albeit she's, she's resigned and getting replaced and, and so on, but you wonder actually whether or not, you know, the, the, the Premier League clubs would actually say, well, we'll appoint our own compliance officer as a liaison between all of ourselves. Yeah. So it's not so it's not the club. It's, it's not Rangers that have to go and fight that case. It's not Celtic or Aberdeen or whoever it is. But together they're saying, listen, we can appoint somebody on our side of the fence which maybe helps that uh, communication process where it's not seen as, oh, it's just it, it's it's one club but it's not another club or how could this one get away with it or whatever. The one thing I would say, Scott, and it's difficult because I agree with you to an extent that, you know, why should you have uh, televisions uh, or trial by television, we'll call it that just now, uh, at, you know, the, the clubs that can afford that, uh, whether it's Rangers, Celtic or whatever, but other clubs that can't afford it. I, I kind of agree with that to an extent. However, I also think to myself, if the NHS have the, the funding to put one machine into uh, a, an operating theatre in one, in one hospital to do heart, open heart surgery, which is state of the art, just because the other hospitals can't afford that, you know, don't yeah, take away right. from that. Mm. Don't take one. And, and I actually think that people would say uh, teams like Rangers or Celtic uh, that are that are on the television all of the time, you know, that it works against them. Well, it only works against you if you're trying to get away with something like a stamp or a punch or a or a, a cheat and that sort of stuff. And I've got enough faith in these teams that I actually think more often than not, over a period of a season, it would probably actually work for you. Uh, where, where I think it was Callum that said earlier on, you want the correct decision and you want the correct result at that time. And if there's an injustice that's done, that that, that, that justice is brought about later on. Uh, and I think from that reason, that the more that you're on television, then the, the fairer the, the overall process would be to you. I think what's tremendous here, right? A couple of comments. Mate. So so much professionalism on the pod tonight feels weird. Yep, that's what happens when you bring Mike <laughs> McCurry onto your podcast. Um, and also, Baz, that. before I but but Baz, see before I bring you in, I want to I want to actually highlight this comment. I think you should be when you're offshore, Baz. You should be the compliance officer, mate. Callum can be the one for Aberdeen because I'm sure it would be non-biased. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I'd, I'd be all for that, mate. You and Mike McCurry sitting in a panel. I, I've got full faith in the both of you. I, I'm, I'm Callum. The three years should do. <laughs> Sounds good to <laughs> me. Sorry, guys. I think maybe that should maybe do a really good job. Uh, do you know what? I was listening to everything Mike was saying there, and there's really some good questions coming in for a, prof a professional referee with a really good insight. But I think questions need to be asked that people really want to know the answers to. And I think it's questions like, see when you were refereeing in your heyday, was there ever a player that you thought, 
I really cannot be fucking asked with him today. <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he starts, if he starts, he's getting it. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, there. I'm, ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Just open your mouth, son. Open your mouth. I'm ready. Was there, was there, ever, was there ever players that you, you, you could name that uh, if you know you walked into work in the moment and you thought, I am not, I cannot be dealing with him today? Was there ever a player like that that you just. Tested your patience, shall we say? The answer, the, the answer, listen, the answer is yes and no. So it is, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Uh, what they call it. Listen, you know, you're you're there, and listen, you're 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 you're, you're trained. Uh, before I ever did my first Premier League game, I think I'd been refereeing for something like uh, just worked work this out, probably about nine years or something. Uh, so you're trained not to let the, the crowd get to you, not to let players get to you or that sort of stuff. So you made sure that if, if a player was in your face or whatever, the right attitude was to respond to them and not react to them. I think you might, Baz, be quite a, be a reactive referee if you went into referee. proactive. But listen, I think... I think actually the, the, the last time I was uh, I was saying I think I actually gave the example uh, where it was uh, a Rangers game Rangers playing in Fermline and Gascoigne and Loudrop were playing uh, and Gascoigne the, the minute somebody actually uh, grabbed Gascoigne's shirt or you know had a, 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 a hold a hammer whatever you would just give the free kick because you knew that it was a potential flashpoint that you might get an elbow coming up or a punch or a, whatever it would be. But you could have about four or five guys hanging on to Loudrop's shirt, you know, and he would actually get away from them. So you could play an advantage. So that they are absolutely. So you would what they call it. So you would play for that. So, so I think, but people would say that is that inconsistent, and I would say, well, no, I think it's good man management the way that you're doing it. Now, the, the question I suppose that I can't duck is. Were there players who just moaned at you all the time, who just didn't like me for whatever reason or didn't think they get a fair game with me? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you, you, went, you, you tried to be as professional as you, as you could. Inside, you might be saying, I'm writing your name down already before I get onto the pitch. I've just got to put the time next to it. <laughs> but, but in terms of what they call it, you, you had to make sure that what they call it that you responded to what was on the pitch uh, and not react. Uh, otherwise, you shouldn't be there. To be honest, you know. I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what, mate. I reckon referees make better politicians than politicians make. Politicians. <laughs> <laughs> a, politi- a politician can you actually be a better answer than that? Uh, I'll answer it for him, mate. I'll answer it for him. Craig Levine says hi, Mike. <laughs> I know. Well, that's, 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 a, that's a manager, so it is not a. I mean, it's but, but, but you say to yourself, "There's Craig Levine." What do you call it? Obviously, the Rangers of the United game I did in two thousand and whatever it was, ten or something like that there. And he was on a, a, a broadcast there not that long ago, uh, so he was. Uh, and he was still going on about me being a cheat. And you think to yourself, Lord help us. Number one, it's <laughs> 10 <laughs> years, 10 years down the line. Uh, and when he was ill, when he took his heart attack, I genuinely sent him a well card. So I, did, I just tried to be nice. 
Never, never got a reply. Listen, absolutely. Yeah, I tell you, I mean, I mean, <laughs> Scott. I mean, Baz. Not to duck your question at all, Baz. By any means, but uh, from 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 the get go, at any game I did that involved Scott McDonald. Uh, Scott would be on uh, even walking out onto the pitch. I will get nothing from you today. We'll get nothing from you today. You know. Now at the end of the day, I could turn around and say, "Are you right?" You know. So I, you, know, you know, whatever it would be, or, or that sort of stuff. You know. Blame your Celtic supporting background. <laughs> I, I listen, I, I, absolutely. And there's, there's, there's two ways of dealing with that. Obviously, there is a way of just sort of saying, "Well." You know, I'll, I'll take vengeance out on you, so to speak, and just book here, or whatever it is. But there's, there's nothing to be gained in that whatsoever. I think it's wrong to do that. Or else, you know, you, you end up with thick skin and you just sort of say, right, fine, I'll bide my time. And, you know, if he, what they call it, if he commits a cautionable offence, he'll be cautioned. If he commits a sender off offence, he'll be sent off. Uh, and, and that's it. Because sometimes think- they're there to wind you up and get at you. I think it's called professionalism, and and that's 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 the beauty of referees. I believe I don't believe there's any referees nowadays, Mike, that are biased or that are against Rangers, against Celtic, against whoever. I just believe there's a poor standard of refereeing, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, and back in back in your day, I might not always have agreed. And as I said to you last time we were on the pod, I was probably one of the Rangers fans when I sat at the Broomloan at the time. There was up Gina Laudy when you gave a decision <laughs> against Rangers. But that's that's the beauty of football. And as I say, you get some decisions and you don't get some decisions. It's how you go, you go on for it. And, and I like my club to turn around and say, well, actually, we're just going to move on. And I know some people say, oh, Rangers do this dignified silence thing. But I do like my club to run and say, right, do you know what? Fair enough, right? You think that was a red card? We'll accept that. We'll move on. And that's us. And we go in, and somebody said in the comments, who cares anyway? 55's coming home. Uh, and you're right. You're right. 55 is coming home. But can you imagine this season of all seasons, had we been neck and neck with some of the, the decision making and, and the, the scrutiny on referees? It would have been frightening. Trial with TV would have been 10 uh, times. Well, I think uh, I think that was one of the key points of the roof thing. When Rangers put out the statement, uh, quite a lot of the comments were saying, but what are you moaning at? It was a red card anyway. And, you know, where in that statement said that we're not happy about the decision. It wasn't about the decision. It's about the inconsistency. So it's yep. Rangers' reputation in Scotland sort of precedes them in that aspect of people in the comments saying, oh, you're moaning about it, you're moaning about it. No, not one person on this pod nor I suspect at the club was moaning about the decision taken. It was the difference in decision. Do you know? So I just I just don't get it. It's consistency. We're asking for two things: consistency and competency. That's it. No, absolutely. Good luck with the second one. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell, I tell you, I tell you, Cal. I'm just slightly tongue in cheek, uh, talking about uh, consistency. I remember going to Easter Road many occasions when Alec McLeish was the manager there. And if you, you refereed, it was Hibs versus Rangers or Hibs versus Celtic. Uh, Alec would meet you just uh, on the way into the referee's dressing room and say, Michael, just remember, they get everything. The old firm get everything, absolutely everything. I, I need you to have a strong heart and stick up for us tonight, so I do. You need to, to be the man. 
you need you need to be the man. You need to be brave. You need to be strong. I give you a pep talk before you even go into your dressing room. And then when when he took when he took over at Ibrox, he took over at Rangers. His first game in charge that I refereed was a, a, a week night game at Easter Road, where it was Hibs versus Rangers. So that there. So I'd go into the dressing room to check the boots and everything, and I just turned to him and I says, Alec, remember all the advice you gave me years gone past about the old firm getting everything? I'll be strong tonight. Don't you worry about that. You just said, right, remember, the old firm get everything. All right, the old firm get everything. I don't you forget it. There was somebody in the comments called it McLeish, and I can't actually confirm if that is the big money. If he's listening, he'll phone me in a minute or two. So he'll... <laughs> Andrew Bluebells is asking who was Mike's refereeing role model? Oh, when without doubt, Baz Bowski. No, no doubt about it. That was obviously still is. Absolutely still is. <laughs> I just call it how I see it, mate. I just call yeah. it how I see it. Oh, I, no, I mean, I, I, must, I must admit, I, I sort of came, I suppose, the sort of the the generation after the likes of uh, Jim McCluskey, uh, Brian McGinley. Uh, I, these guys here, I mean, they, these guys were incredible uh, man managers. You know, they, they weren't the school teacher type thing. Uh, Big George Smith was was another guy. These guys had a, a sort of a, a dignity about them on the, the on the football pitch and and so on. So to learn from these guys, uh, and I think I said the last time that I was on, my generation I think was probably the last generation of referees who really got an opportunity to to really have a better rapport with the players, uh, where you could man manage them rather than now we seem to have gone very technical. Uh, where it's foul, foul, yellow card, foul, foul, red card, foul, foul, yellow card, foul, foul, red card. And there's technical offences and you don't really see just as much maybe uh, sort of banter uh, uh, on the the uh, on the football pitch. So you don't. Uh, but so guy, guys like Jim McCluskey and uh, uh, Brian McGinley would probably have been from a refereeing point of view would probably be the guys that I'd have looked up to just as I was coming through. We see ID insight there that the relationship has changed from being sort of that sort of give and take as what you were saying you've done in your career to referees nowadays like Mike Dean and it is very school teacher. Do you know what I mean? You see him just giving it all this and literally wagging the finger and it's that that can't be good for neither the player nor the referee. I think every every time you go on the pitch, you want to be learning as a player and you want to be learning as a referee. And I don't think that that's really necessarily the way to learn. If you're just being told off, and nowadays you see young players especially, um, and they just can't, they can't be done with that. They they want to get away from the referee. They don't want to talk to him, and it's a it's a wasted opportunity to learn and to grow. Do you uh, not think? That's absolutely, Callum. I mean, I don't know what you do as a job or or whatever, but you know, if you went to your work, if you worked as an accountant and you went to your work and your boss was treating you like that all the time, and uh, you know, no, you wouldn't. This, no, no, number one, employment law. Probably says that you can't do it anyway, so you can't. So what? So what makes the referee think to themselves that? Hold on a second, you know. Uh, and one of the things that used to always go with me was you, you would see a, a referee telling a player, "No, you come here," you know. And mm. you think to yourself, that, "That's a grown man. That's an adult. That's, that's a responsible individual that you're actually doing." At least go halfway and meet them. 
and, and I just, I just, you, you just think to yourself, Lord help us. You know, if if somebody spoke to me that way, you know, in my office or in the street or whatever. So, as a referee, what gives me the right to treat another another professional that way just because yeah, you know we're on a, we're on a piece of grass? Ridiculous. Yeah, I've heard talks of them introducing a naughty step in England. So if, if Mike Dean's not happy, they can they can send them <laughs> off to sit down. But it does seem the dynamic has shifted yeah. so much that you're going to start to see Calvin Phillips get a smacked arse on. On the middle of the pitch, I just I, I, I don't like that now. I think we should uh, go back. To a, bear station a after dark again. But but I tell you, sorry, I was just actually Callum touched on something I was going to ask you. Um, yep. See, see, if you look at refereeing nowadays, right? If they talk about players, football players, and you've got old school managers that used to slap players on the back of the head, get your act together, you, and they look at the players nowadays and it's like, you need to give them a wee cuddle and every player needs to be managed differently. If you look at the personalities that was in the game when you were when you were refereeing, compared to the the personalities they've got now, you could argue that the personalities you had to deal with back then was, was totally different from the personalities you're dealing with now. Now, if you look at players in terms of getting a slap around the head, and no needing a wee cuddle. Do you reckon there's a difference in terms of referees? I mean, I'm guessing back in your day, a referee must have had some balls, you know, to deal with that level of personality, you know, that, that level of player, and just how the game's changed. Do you, does, that, does it make yeah. any sense? What I'm... No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Listen, I, I think you could probably take that to, to the wider, not just football, not even just sport, but the world at large over the last 20 years has, has changed so much where, you know, even nowadays, you know, you, you've, you've got kids that will tell you, no, no, you can't do this. You're not allowed to do that. This is, you know, I'm entitled to this. That's, you know, I know my rights. You know, and, and the whole world, I think, to be honest, not getting too deep about it, the whole world's gone that way. So has, and I think football's, you know, sort of gone that way uh, as well. But, some of that is because of the money. I mean, huge amounts of money. That's. Uh, I mean, as I say, I uh, refereed a, a, a European game in in Moscow, and it was what they call it, uh, fifteen minutes. No, no, fifteen minutes left to to play, and one of the the, the, the Spanish players goes down in the the box. So he does, and you're saying, is it a penalty? Is it not a penalty? Now, the bottom line was at that point in time, if they had taken the penalty and scored that. They would have got one goal, and they basically it was worth about a million pounds for the the goal, three points. So to win that, to get round through the next round, was worth about four million pounds to them. If I hadn't given the penalty and it finished nil nil, then it would have been a point each, a million pound each. So you're I'm there as a referee making the decision that's worth three million pounds to a player, to a team, yeah. or whatever it would be. So you know I'm in no under no illusion at all the importance of what my decisions are, are doing. You know, and as you say, neck and neck in a, in a league or wherever it is, but you've got players' goal bonuses, you get players' win bonuses, you get players' appearance bonuses, all of that sort of stuff. So th there are consequences out with just the result of the game that I'm making as a, a referee. So I think that what I should be allowed to do is use every management tool, every tool in my toolbox. I've, I've got to know the laws of the game and I've got to be able to apply them, to use Callum's term, consistently and competently. But on top of that, I've been able to talk a player through a game 
means I don't have to yellow card them. I'm delighted with that. So, um, you know, uh, listen, if, 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 if you if you sense a player is feeling a lot aggrieved, uh, the, the, the Celtics at Marin game, where there was two tackles, uh, and one with McGregor, one with Scott Brown, we are saying to yourself, with what happened subsequently, if you, if you kept a consistent bar, bar or standard, then that would have been, what they call it, that would have been two yellow cards. Simple as that. As it turned out, then Obika gets booked and or cautioned and, and all of that sort of stuff. But the players that are then that, that are hit, that are hurt, that are tackled, you, you, if you sense there's a grievance there, you know, if you can talk them through that period feeling aggrieved, like then I think you've I think you've done the game a favour, not not just them. Yeah, definitely. I'm uh, I'm really glad you said that about the the consequences of your actions because, and I'm not going to go into the referees in Scotland because we've done that to death, and I don't want to personally say any referees but I think there are some ref- if, if I was a referee I think that I would like to go onto the pitch and say right this is a game of two teams it's about the two teams it's about the players the players want to play I just want to be in the middle of it and make sure that the match is played however I feel that there's some referees in certainly in the modern day who feel like they want to get involved a bit too much and I think we saw that with I don't know if anyone saw Thomas Socek's red card after the game finished at West Ham mm-hmm. and I think I've never seen a referee go to his pocket so fast. And it's like quite a lot of people say, oh, this referee wanted to be right in the middle of it. And I, I don't know why that is. I don't know why a referee wants it to be the referee show. Do you, uh, but, do you not agree but, that? Uh, but what you've got to remember is the referee, people will, people will take it that you're in a position of power. I, I, I've never took it that I was in a position of power. I took it that I was in a position to exercise control over a, over a match. Now, exercising control and exercising power are two different things, and it's, it's two different mm-hmm. mindsets that come with it. So on the back of that, my my uh, supervisor, when I first got into uh, refereeing, was the late Tom Horton. And uh, Tom Horton used to say all of the time, Michael, if you can get through a game as a referee and nobody notices you, you've done well. Right. There'll be there'll be days where you, you know it's a red card. It might even be a controversial red card, but you've you've got to do a red card, and because of that, people will notice you and whatever. But even when you're being noticed, as long as you're doing the right thing, uh, and I would play even in a game, I would play a lot of advantage. So I did, mm-hmm. uh, or as much advantage as I could, because the fans are there to see the game getting played. They're not there to see me stop it. They're not there to to to, to see me take centre stage or show some sort of thing of power or whatever it is. If, if you're controlling the game, then you can let it flow and, and let it go on with it. Uh, and there was a guy from, uh, I think it was Caledonian University, it might have been Caledonian College at that time, who actually did a, <laughs> who did a, who did a, who did a, a survey uh, of four referees or five referees back in the day. Uh, and the percentage of the 90 minutes that was actually playable time for for my games was higher than the other three or four guys, but by a by a, a while. And when he was asking all about these things and so on, he was, he was talking about positioning and the, the my heart rate and uh, the distance you would cover within that uh, what do you call it that ninety minutes and and so on. Uh, and I was able to say to him, well, one of my styles of refereeing is get the ball down and get it on. If it's a free kick, get the ball down, get it on. People have paid good money. People have worked hard all year 
to buy a season ticket to see a team play, their team play football, not to see me stand on a football pitch. And that, that was just like my that. my way. Whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. Uh, I know that some... You don't think like that now. I'm telling you, that's, that's no, the way it should be thought about, Mike. I, I, do, I do like that. When you, if you go into a, a, moment, a big moment in a game and you see a, an opportunity, you, think, you don't think, right, I've got an opportunity to show a red card here. You say, I've got the responsibility to make a decision. Correct. Maybe some Absolutely. modern referees. It's, yeah, it is. It's you're they're miles apart. You know, I've I've got the responsibility to make a decision. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Guys, we're we're over we're over an hour and a half in, right? And I'm conscious of the time for Mike's time as well because it's obviously I appreciate you being on the podcast and stuff like that, Mike. Um, well, it's only it's only the fact that Master Chef's starting, so I'm going to have to go see Master There's just one question that I want to finish on that Albert Sullivan has asked. I can't mind if we asked you it the last time. Would you have booked Paul Gascoigne for showing you the yellow card that you dropped? Absolutely no, no, I, I never, never, absolutely no chance, no chance. There you go. I think what he's trying to say is he has a sense of humour and uh, also yeah, it's, it's the ability to manage the game. And and I think fans, Mike, just what you're saying there and, and what you're saying about people working hard and buying season tickets and coming to watch their team, I think fans, knowing the, the days of social media, obviously you never refereed in that time, but knowing the days of social media, I think fans would take to referees a wee bit more had they had... Yeah. If they had their views, you know, I think we would see it through their point of view a wee bit more, and I think we'd say, right, listen, give me a break because I'm I'm the first to shout at referee, yes, but I'm also one of the first ones I've come down to say, well, he's seen that in real time, right? We've seen it six, seven times, and we're still arguing about whether it's the right decision or no. That yeah. kind of justifies the referee that he's seen it and he's gave it, and you just accept it and go on with it. It should never be re-refereed unless there is VAR at the side of the park. That's my opinion on it. It should never be then that during the week that it, that it's done. I want to thank you for coming on again. I feel as though we could talk to you all night. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. It's always good to catch up with you guys. I want, I, I'd, I'd like to invite you back on whenever you want. Um, we see idea actually says that you should have your own um, slot on the podcast every week. <laughs> Agreed. He, he's, a, agree. he's a busy man, but I would agree with that. I would yeah. agree with that. Uh, Scott, see what you were saying earlier about how you know Sky Sports and BT should look getting at somebody like Mike. I totally disagree. I think Mike should just stay with us. Stay here. I don't know what you're It's going to get us for me. Let them get their own man. We, we'll keep Mike. How about, how, about, how, about, how about we do a live uh, do live pods with Mike uh, here. We're watching matches like we've done before, Scott. Okay. And we charge Sky £100,000 every episode. And we'll split, we'll split it three ways. Uh, we'll split, split it between us. <laughs> That's that. That sounds good to me. To be fair, and I hope that if we do get um, a chance to squeeze in another live, live game um, before the end of the season, that we could possibly work it where Mike might be free and and we could do it with, with him there as well. And well, I think that would be tremendous. Can I ask Delighted. a question? I'm sorry, I'm, yes. sorry I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are you guys doing live games, mate? We've did one, and I'm not. <laughs> you're going. <laughs> Mate, you were actually in the loud in that day. <laughs> All right, okay. 
my, my sister, my sister sent photographs of you, her, and uh, Ricky Neal. Paul, oh, Paul, his forehead looked like that, mate, didn't it? His forehead looked like that. Oh, yeah, he looked, yeah, he was, you, you look like that. I, 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 I
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.